Welcome to the Becoming Legendary podcast. This week, Brian and I had an amazing opportunity to speak with Mary from the Pale Blue Dot. The Pale Blue Dot is one of the coolest, most incredible retail stores on the planet. They are a general store based in Hamilton, Ontario, who we have crossed path with, paths with. And since that has happened, I have just been absolutely fascinated with what they're doing. So the, this, this general store, right? A general store in 2022, uh, just alone is mind blowing to me. But the things that they're doing to support their community with like truly ethically sourced, responsibly made goods, that are just high quality and support things that Mary really cares about, like low waste and slow living and healthy living are, are truly amazing. So check out the paleblue.shop.com because they have absolutely incredible things, things that you've never seen before. And check out their Instagram as well. Mary does an incredible job. Uh, her and her partner just kudos and kudos and kudos to what they're doing because it's mind-blowing to me and I'm more and more impressed every time I see something. So we also get in in this conversation, we revisit the shopping cart, the shopping cart debate. And like usual, I'm on the I'm on the opposite side of everybody else. So I just want to take a moment to kind of extrapolate some information that I've found about that shopping cart idea and then we'll jump right into the podcast with Mary and blow your minds. So the shopping cart concept kind of boils down to two different things. And this is this is what I realized with help of my partner, Hollis, who has kind of illuminated some, some ideas for me that have been really helpful to understand the general consensus around this. The general consensus is that if somebody doesn't put their shopping cart away, we should be kind enough to offer them the grace that they couldn't do that that day. And my, my uh, message is always the same, which is they can do it. And we need to hold humans to a higher level of accountability. How Hollis really pointed out to me is that this is not necessarily a variance in opinion. It's a, it's a variance in where we view the problem. If you come at this from an individual experience, it's very easy to feel sympathy for an individual who's having a bad day, right? We've all had bad days, so we know what that experience is like. And I can, I can understand that and I can empathize with that but it doesn't solve the problem. And I'm really big into solving problems. And the thing that I continually hit on around this concept is that if there isn't a societal pressure, uh, then individuals will not shift their attitudes or actions. And by societal pressure, I mean, we all need to hold each other accountable to doing the right thing in the moment. And if we are always offering everyone the grace and opportunity to push their bad day into our community, our community becomes worse. So while I can understand on an individual level how you might, as an individual on a bad day, want the grace of not putting your shopping cart away, I think that if we want to make a better planet, if we want to make a better society, if we want to make a better community, if we want to make a better neighborhood, we need to hold humans to their, their highest potential. And if the community holds each individual to its highest potential, the community gets better. And that's what I hope we do. So without further ado, 
Let's get into a phenomenal conversation with Mary from The Pale Blue Dot. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become you legend can become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself one Your percent better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. Mary, welcome to Becoming Legendary. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. Glad to hear that. Will you do us the favor of just giving us a 30 second, 120 second summary of who you are today? Oh my goodness. Okay. I will try. So um, my name is Mary Luciani. I'm the founder and co-owner of The Pale Blue Dot, which is a small family run store in Hamilton, Ontario. Um, We're a general store, apothecary, and we focus on all earth friendly um, earth-friendly goods that are sustainable alternatives for everyday use. Um, and then we also sell vintage and antiques. It's a really fun, eclectic mix of everything I love, essentially. Um, as a person, though, I'm just very conscious of living a life in balance with nature, doing what I can to give back to the earth and live in balance with her. And yeah, that's and the deal skill me. <laughs> Rad. <laughs> Rad and perfect. thank you. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> so we we cross paths through your shop, Pale Blue Dot. Um, and I have found it to be one of the most fascinating kind of experiences uh, at a retail level that, that I have witnessed, obviously from afar. Um, but before I waste any time, I need to know more about slow living. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, so, so slow living. Do you have a Yeah. No, living? give me give me your give me your definition of slow living. <laughs> so my definition would be just living consciously, being aware of the things that you're using, be aware of the things that you're conser- consuming and how much of it. Um and then you know, leaving the earth in a better state than which you came into this world, maybe. Um, But really just doing your best, you know, it's just about never taking what you have and what's around you for granted. Hmm. It's super interesting. So slow living has become a, it's become a thing that is repeated here um, pretty much on the daily and it's just like I, I I find you I find the interesting thing where you said doing your best right always doing your best because I think if if I gave the if I gave the the average human survey a hundred people and I said you know wh- where do these two things fall always doing your best and slow living we're on that spectrum my guess is most people will put them on pretty far ends. Oh really. I would say that they're like right next to each other. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that's it's it's a cool thing to have those two things thought of as a, as a singular concept because I don't yeah. think yeah. most people would think of things that way. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. And then there becomes so much stress wrapped up around the subject, which shouldn't be there. Shouldn't be there. So, so, so Mary, you you just didn't wake up one day being aware. I mean, you you were aware of some things, right? But I mean, so I want to dive into that a little bit deeper. So how do you like, what what kind of practices do you practice on the daily to, to increase your awareness or to up-level your slow living capabilities, right? Because like with anything, it's a practice. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so, so how do you, how do you practice those two things? So I guess for me, what brings, what brought me to this state, well, there are so many things, but in my current life, current day, um, gardening really encapsulates Mm. a lot of my values and a lot of, it has really opened my awareness to the sacredness of so much um, on this planet and just simply being in the garden can for me it's like a private viewing of life on a very small small scale but in also such a big way you know what I mean Mm. it's like life unfolding and there's so many little lessons to be learned in a garden um which then trickle into these thought rhizomes that are like oh my gosh this this relates to this and it's Honestly, I can't even really think of an example right now because they're so intertwined with everything, but I hope that makes sense. Um, but just being more, building the relationship with nature has really helped me build my relationship with everything around me and this like internal gratitude that just never seems to end. <laughs> That's a good answer. There's so much that nature both gives right and and we and that we receive from it too so it's it's kind of a um it's a dual relationship that a lot of which a lot of which the pale blue dot is built upon you know as as you mentioned some of your values i was reading online um really 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 relate to exactly what you just said yeah yeah and the pale blue dot has definitely evolved over the years um like it started very much um with my journey of wanting to produce less waste in the world so um you know like finding these alternatives that aren't um disposable or that are if they are disposable then they're 100 percent natural so they'll just go back into the earth and add to the earth's soil again instead of deplete it um and as the journey progressed over the past five years i became much more aware of um my own health in relationship to the earth's health you know, um, dealing with some like personal health issues and then realizing the synchronicity between the earth's health and mine and how far away we become from, um, you know, organic being or living as an organic being. And um, yeah, this separation that we have from what is natural, we're supposed to be of that world, but every day we seem to be farther and farther from it. Um, And so it's so Hilbert has kind of evolved and my values have kind of evolved to people and planet, health of people and planet. And that's been a really interesting pathway. And it's how I found you guys, because we really want to expand our health and wellness line. Um, you know, going back to that doing your best. If you can't help the planet, you can't live a, a, a slow life if you're not healthy yourself you know how are you supposed to give back if you don't if you're depleted 
So really finding that balance between your own health and building yourself up and then you can help the planet as well. I love that. So what time of, what kind of, what kind of gardening experience do you have? Did you start sort of getting your hands in the dirt from a young age or was that something that you, that you grew to love as you, as you grew into your, into your age that you are now? So I'm very new to gardening. Um, Me too. Myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's so, it's amazing because, well, when you first start, start out, it's very easy to be of the mindset, like, oh my gosh, like there's so much to know. How am I ever supposed to know all this stuff? But that's the fun of it. It's like witnessing it and trying new things and, oh, well, that didn't work out next year or this year, but maybe next year it will. Um, so it's very new to me, but I grew up watching my nunno garden and his garden was just like, oh, a chef's kiss. It was so mm. awesome. And he, oh. he's an Italian farmer, right? So he came over here and the first thing he did was build a garden. Um, but I just always just watched that and loved eating the preserves from his garden. And, uh, but I was very much, it's interesting. I wasn't very over the, I don't know, when I was in my teens and such, I was very much disconnected from earth. I was very like, ooh, like spiders are going to touch me or like the dirt. I don't really want to get dirty or I don't want to go in the ocean. And um, yeah, it's been like this untightening of this knot where I'm like, oh, easing into it again um, over the past 10 years. And it's just now that I'm immersed in it, I'm like, I just want all of it. <laughs> so good. There's so many takeaways for someone you know, who lives in a city, right. And, and has thought about getting their hands in the dirt and just has never done it. Like it's, it's just about crossing that barrier, getting over your own fear, if you will, to, to go ahead and get your hands in the dirt and start somewhere. That's kind of the journey, the same journey I'm on as well. Patrick is, is of course our master grower and his hands in, are in the dirt probably right now as we're talking. Um, but, but there, but, but what, and he's got so much experience, right? So, but if you ask him how he learned, he learned by trial and error. He just learned by getting into that, into the, into the practice. So, you know, what, a, what, what a great sort of lesson or something that people can maybe take away is that when you're, when you're trying to, to, to find your passion or try, or you want to try something new, like it doesn't matter where you came from, the opportunity is always there. If you just step through that, that door, that's always open, really. Like it's never closed. You just have to imagine yourself already gardening for example and it's and the yeah. opportunity is there yeah and just move some soil over plant some seeds water it and see what happens exactly <laughs> <laughs> do you know mary do you know how that shift started for you from being adverse to spider interactions mm. to being cognizant of the organic matter that makes up the being that you are today? Ooh, I love this question. I haven't considered much of that, but um, I think traveling really made a huge impact in that. Um, witnessing just all these different landscapes and just falling in love with what this earth has to offer in terms of everything all her gifts and sights and sounds and creatures um and then I think really when I started gardening four years ago five years ago that's a huge shift happened and I'm lucky that I have a partner who loves gardening he's all about it 
and um yeah just being out in the garden really just has I don't know completely opened up my heart to like I'm okay with a little creature crawling all over my arms like it's okay and bees I used to be so scared of and now I've realized if you just stay calm and you're just you know like hey buddy how's it going and they just fly around you and they'll leave you alone and they'll go pollinate the flower next to your hand where you're you know maybe chopping a flower uh to bring inside and press or something you know they just they're so happy to live in harmony with us hmm. love that yeah yeah <laughs> so the the exposure to more to more of earth is really the thing that you felt like opened your window to gardening plus connecting with a partner who, who was already ingrained in a gardening lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah, know? I think Tell me. Like just having my hands touch the soil. It's like the, the natural grounding effect of earth almost like recalibrates you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is, this is where you're meant to be. This is, you're a part of this. Like, don't be afraid of it. This is you. It's all That's you. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's more than it's it's more than just being a part of it, right? Like we are literally a, an accumulation of earth that we have scooped up and we hold for a finite amount of time, and then sooner or later we will be earth once again. Yes, mm. Ugh, I love it so much. Yes, um, magical. <laughs> <laughs> so so. And I know you said you didn't have any specific lessons from the garden, but have had in that journey, have there been any specific lessons in that journey? Are there any like specific ideas that have, that have been like, I will tell you for me, and this is kind of what I'm hoping there might be a moment or two from you. For me, when I first got into growing things, I, I had like a, an adversity to consuming it because I was so familiar with everything that it touched, that it was a part of. Like I knew the birds that shit on it. I knew what, mm -hmm. what insects had been on it. And we've created this like whitewashed idea of produce in a grocery store, right? Where everything sits in these little, these little neat stacks underneath misters. And we think of it as a, a very different thing than what it actually is. It is a thing that was probably covered in bird shit. Like it's pretty yeah. unlikely that it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember like very specifically having the realization of like, oh, there it's not like the carrots at the grocery store didn't have this experience. I just don't know about it. They probably yeah. had the experience much worse than me. Why, what is the adversity and and really overcoming that? very early in my gardening lifestyle was very profound for me. Is there anything like that along your path? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So first of all, like you had an adversity to harvesting it and then consuming it because it's like, Oh, we grew, we grew, we had so much time together. That, that was so <laughs> nice. <laughs> I feel that way about harvesting herbs, like or flowers or whatever it may be. I'm like, Oh, but you're so perfect in your, in your, flowerness right now but I would like to pick you and enjoy you at my desk you know yeah um, but, yeah I get that um actually there was something very sweet that happened earlier this this year and um I so over the past few years I've been dealing with 
some eye troubles and part of that is some cataracts have set in and it's really taken away a lot of my favorite tasks um, that I love to do in the garden being you know and being proactive in the garden or productive I should say in the garden and um, this year they, they the cataracts are just in full bloom and I was standing standing in the garden and Perry was working away and I was just standing there I'm like I have no job to do here and there's nothing like I want to contribute to this garden so badly and I want to be able to you know put my energy into working and tending this garden and and letting it, and helping it thrive and I was really sad in that moment and I just kind of sat down in the middle of the garden crying a little bit and um I just had this overwhelming feeling of the plants around me saying to me, Mary, we just like your, I just like you being here with us. It's okay. Like, it's nice just to have you here. That's, that's enough. And I was, I could just feel it so deeply inside me. And it was such a sweet moment. So it kind of made me realize it was a lesson in that a garden doesn't always need someone to be tending to it. Sometimes it just needs someone to enjoy it and mm. sit there and soak in its glory. You know, it doesn't always have to be work. And that was beautiful. That's yeah. So right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's that is true, right? The like the joy of the garden is the quiet moment of stillness, right? Like mm. the moment, the moment before the sun fully breaks and, and heats the world. It's like, those are the, those are the beautiful times when you're not attached to a implement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, that's, so there's an example of some, how it ties back into like a life lesson in that, you know, this slow living, it's about enjoying the moments too, you know? Mm -hmm stepping back and enjoying your life and being able to slow down and soak it up because life is for that too. It's not just for go, go, go and hmm. be productive. You know, that there needs to be space for that too. Okay. So I, I want to kind of get into that, that line of delineation there because I, I imagine that the experience of, PBD is isn't always as slow as maybe would be idealistic. Is that true? Yeah, the behind the scenes process of it. <laughs> <laughs> Say that is true. <laughs> so, and I imagine like the 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 city s component or the urban component of. Um, running running a shop like that a retail experience like that a general store in the in the middle of what is a legitimate city right like mm. there's a there's an energetic there's an energetic speed that exists there mm. how do you how do you protect yourself from being drawn into that the the rapidness of capitalism mm. <laughs> yes um well first of all it's some kind of strange magic energy in the store that doesn't make it feel that hard to do. Mm. Um, yeah. And what's exactly. really interesting is when customers come in, it's almost like they feel that too. And, and they mm. 
they're able to slow down when they come into the store and it's it's kind of it's unexplainable really I really don't know how to explain it but people will come in I would say seven out of ten times they will say ah it smells so good in here and it's just like it's like the first deep breath that they've had in a long time it almost feels like (laughs) and then the kids are like it's just a it's just a natural product from the store there's no handle going there's no anything it's just they're smelling what seems natural to them I think Mm. um and honestly it's such an interesting energy in the shop where people can come in and we'll be chatting here and there and they will just we will just have the most Mm. incredible deep life chats and it's like a therapy section for all of us just community love you know Mm. and yeah, it it really doesn't feel like I have to try to be um to push myself or to push away the hustle and bustle of things in the shop. It really just happens so naturally. That's unexplainable really, though. I don't know. That's really a reflection of you. Like because yeah. I just wanted to share Patrick um used to own a yoga studio um here in Arizona and the name of the the, the yoga studio was called Vitality. And it was the same sort of energy that you're talking about. It, it was, I've, I'm a yoga teacher. I've taught in my yoga studios all over the, all over the state. Right. And, and never have I walked into a space quite like what he had cultivated there. It was calm. It was peaceful. It smelled good. There were conscious connected conversations that just happened. I mean, you weren't, you didn't have a choice. It was it was just as if, as if, as long as you led with an open heart, that open heart, excuse me, that open heart was met with another open heart. You know, so yeah. that's that that's kudos to you, really. Um, yeah. And and that's especially in the middle of. I mean, Patrick's Patrick's studio was in the middle of a city in Chandler, so it was much of the same. Not sure about Hamilton, Ontario, but but a similar you know capitalistic vibe to it, right? So. It was just a place where people could let down their guard and put to take their mask off, not the, you know, to take their mask off that they wear sometimes yeah. in, out in the world and just, yeah. and just be a human. And that's, that's really, really rare and really, really rad. So again, kudos to you and on creating such a, such a space where people feel comfortable and safe enough, right? That's a key word, safe, just to be themselves. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And kudos to you. I mean, I feel like you guys possess the exact same energy like you were saying about Patrick. You too, though, Brian. And I think that's how we were like called to connect because we were Mm. just like, you know, soul friends. (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> Patrick and I often joke when when um whenever we, we make contact Mary or something we're always like we're gonna make a trip up to there Ontario sometime soon <laughs> so yes. so so whenever whenever you see Patrick and I ride down on, on one of those um one of those Canadian horses I saw in that video you guys have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding we won't be, we'll be riding a horse but um no I, th- I, th- I think it'd be really cool just to show up one day did. yeah there you go <laughs> I was watching that the your YouTube video and you were you were outside talking to um to a horse and and I was yeah. like I want to talk to that horse that was super cool it's just like a, a rare a rare interaction between a human and a horse outside of your rad store I thought it was it stuck out it stood oh, out to me so I had to weave that, that was somehow, the best <laughs> yeah that was our first day open oh, and cool. that horse his name's Lincoln 
and he walks up and down the street with Officer Ryan, and yeah, they just, I mean, I was not expecting to see a horse ever outside of the shop window the first day. There he was. I love it. I love this year. That's incredible. That's incredible. When, When you had the when you had the idea of, of pale blue dot and the idea was, was related to reducing, reducing, let's say, um, did you have a, did you have a vision as to, as to what it was going to become at that point? Um, you know what, from the start, I never really had like, Oh, a three-year plan, a five-year plan. It it all just, happened so fast that it, I never really had time to think about the future and I was just so focused what are we doing today or you know this week um so no I never really had a plan of how it was to evolve and I don't think I could have imagined it evolving to what it is today and I love it so much I love what we're doing today so much how we've grown and the paths that we take in yeah, yeah. I couldn't have imagined can you can you tell me or give me maybe a description of what your hmm, I think the favorite the like your favorite component of being a part of this thing that you've created is now today like what is your favorite part of of pale blue dot today um and maybe even how that compares to what your fa- your favorite part of pale blue dot was when you when you started hmm. Mm, okay yeah so from the beginning okay so now my favorite component is definitely our wellness collection so branching out into the tinctures and potions and tonics and I absolutely love being able to share that with people Um, it's a huge passion of mine to improve my wellness on a physical and mental level Um, and I just want to share that with as many people as possible, and that has involved a ton of um, education on my part behind the scenes, and it's so fascinating to me because I was always the artistic kid, and, you know, I was known for drawing and music and painting, and I had this love for science, but I never really realized how much of an interest I had in in it, until I gave it space to grow in in the past four years. And the science of healing and health and how plant medicine fits in with that fascinates me. And that's something I'm so excited to keep sharing with people. So excited. Um, <laughs> and before, I think, I'm trying to think back. It's hard, it's funny thinking back. Um, my favorite aspect of the pale blue drop has always been that like you do your best you do not have to check off all of the boxes if you're going to try to live quote zero waste or um sustainably it it looks different for everybody so never try to fit yourself into this box it's not it's just not necessary in my opinion you know Mm -hmm. stop stressing yourself out to your best um and that was that has always been the the main view of the pale blue dot. If we're going to live sustainably, please like just do your best. <laughs> what what yeah. would be th- what would be three 
three tips or or one tip that you can offer our audience um, for a way to start living sustainably? Because I think it's for some people, like we touched on earlier, it's a completely foreign idea. It, li- it literally yeah. is. I mean, the the garbage comes comes once a week. They take it away, and people never think about it. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, from one science nerd to another, <laughs> I want to I, I want to just peel, peel back the layers of that a little bit. Can you can you offer up up, up some insight that that might be um, some some good tips yeah, in that way? Sure. So in the beginning, like this is what I always used to tell people: first, assess your trash. Like if you want to focus on on lowering your waste impact, assess your trash. Where are you producing the most waste? And then think about ways that you can cut back. Um, you know, maybe it's plastic wrap, maybe it's mm, plastic packaging on your produce or whatever it is, Mm. then look at ways that you can avoid that. Cut the fat, trim the fat, you know? Mm. Um, And then you can look at ways to reuse what you have. So what do you have around your house that you typically be recycling or throwing away? And how can you focus on reusing that? Like save your pickle jars, save your jam jars and um, see how you can integrate those into your everyday life. Um, another thing would be like DIY, do it yourself. Like what can you make at home or shopping for local produce in the summer months? Thankfully we have farmer's market, um, or shopping local produce from the produce section. So like grown in Ontario or wherever you are. Um, those would be like three like major ones that you could, that you can have a huge impact with in your life. We all wrote that down to yourself. <laughs> Do you so can I imagine there's a there is a there is a reason that the the desire to reduce waste became so important to you. Mm-hmm. Do you know, do you know how that became your focus? Yeah. um, Well, you know what, growing up, I was always taught to conserve, definitely. And, you know, conserve water, don't waste electricity, turn off the lights. Hmm. So that was really embedded in me from, from a young age. And I think it was more so on a like, this is a waste of money standpoint, like, you know, things cost money, don't be wasting them. But um, from a young age, I did learn about, you know, how it impacts the earth as well. Like, why are we wasting water when it causes it? There's energy that's involved in having to treat it and get it to us and all this stuff. Um, and then, you know, there was no real moment that I can pinpoint in terms of becoming aware of the waste um, in terms of plastic, but just the imagery that kept following me of landfills and littered oceans and littered lakesides, beaches. Um, it just kept following me, I guess. I don't know. I just became very aware of it. And I was like, well, I've got to do something myself. So yeah, <laughs> what can I do to help? That's a pretty, that's a pretty rad, that's a pretty rad perspective on things. Do you, do you ever think about the, the, the macro perspective of that problem? 
right? Um, and I think I think the answer is interesting, right? The answer is, is if everybody took the approach to life that Mary's taken to life, uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't have a problem, right? We we'd be in a really good place. But so far that hasn't happened. So do you ever think about this problem on a more macro level and solutions that might be viable on a on a global scale or a national scale, I guess? Yes. Um, this used to really stress me out. <laughs> um, yeah. I always felt like um, I can't reach enough people. I don't want to be that person that's like shoving information down people's throats. Like I just it's just not the person that I want to be. So like, how do I educate without being that guy, you know? Um, and that really stressed me out. And then I realized how much conflicting information there is out there in terms of like, what it, uh, so many things. And that stressed me out. And it got to the point <laughs> where I completely shut down and I didn't share anything yeah. anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and that pause brought me to the, conclusion my personal perspective now is everyone is going to do their best you know and that's going to look different for everybody and I think it's really important that the average person does not hold themselves accountable for the world's issues because this is a like a conscious um uh what's the word a collective consciousness issue and also that you can only change by by doing your best yourself um and also a mega corporation issue that if these corporations aren't going to be held to account then all you can do is really do your best until there's this like massive shift and like we and I mean, there's so many different ways you could approach this. If, and I think everyone has their role. So like some people are going to be very vocal and they're going to be, you know, activists and they're going to go out there and they're going to send letters and they're going to um, protest these mega, mega corporations for their pollution. And some people will have a more passive role. And I think that's very much okay. We can't expect other people to step into roles that they're just not born to be in. And I think it's really important. To, this is another gardening mm. lesson. Really think of the collective collective on Earth, all these different humans, as like the little microbiome in a garden. Everything has its role. And I full-heartedly believe that we are, we are on the path to do good and to have major changes. Um, is just keeping that collective energy high and full of love and supporting each other. Because if we're constantly pointing the finger or saying like, you're not doing enough, that is not gonna, that's not doing anything positive for the world in the direction that we want to shift it. So yeah, just all goes back to that, um, you know, inspiring people by how you're living and just keep living your values live slowly if that's the way you want to live and um yeah just show gratitude and emanate gratitude and love out there yes. 
there's there's something that that you keep saying that I want to reflect back to you and, and you and it's it's simply do your best right so I often use this this statement in in my yoga teachings when I'm teaching class and it's and it goes like this it's, it's do your best and surrender the rest so it's do your best and surrender the rest I love that and I say that I, I say that in the beginning of practice because a lot of times this is specific, specifically talking on the in the yoga community there's there's these expectations that you said you put upon yourself is what your plaque, your practice quote unquote should look like or um, judgments that come up or comments or concerns, right. In, in your brain about how, about, about whether or not your best is, is enough. Mm-hmm. And like you, like you so brilliantly mentioned a few times, someone's best can look different. Like my best is going to be different than Patrick's best, which is going to be different than what your best looks mm-hmm. like. But as long as we're continuing to do our best and then give ourselves the grace of surrendering the rest, mm-hmm. surrendering the comparison, surrendering the judgment, surrendering the, the fear. Like that, that word best is, is, is held to, to such a high standard. I feel like sometimes that, that the, the, simply adding in that surrender, the rest softens it just, just a little bit. And, and it gives that, it gives the experience or the opportunity for the person trying to do their best like to really grow and and to have their have their best really really just mean that like it's yeah. just the best yeah i love that so much can be put into all aspects of life i feel like it's such a good reminder 100 <clears> percent. <throat> uh, I, I love your laugh <laughs> That it is, never gets old. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just call him up some days and he just laughs. And I'm like, what? That's, that's so no. funny. <laughs> I mean, this is like my alarm waking up. That's what I want to wake yeah, up to. Right? <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. That's going to be a sacred plan co offering. You just nailed it, Mary. <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So. I'm going to ask you guys this. I wasn't going to ask you guys this, but I'm going to ask you guys this. Cause I, I think to me, this is, this is a conversation. This is a conversation that happens. I don't know, 200 times in this podcast. now, <laughs> And it is, I think, I think there is a reality that if it, again, if everyone is doing their best, um, we have a very different world and i i always i always fall on the side of and i could be wrong i hope i'm outnumbered 2 to 1 here um but i always fall on the side of like i don't know 99.9% of people aren't doing their best and <laughs> <laughs> and i i like like i i like holding people accountable to what they're capable of um and i think we're i think in that we're probably saying the same thing but what i find what i find a lot of times will happen and this the the shopping cart example is so perfect right is like somebody takes a shopping cart and they don't put it away and then i i'm like yo that's not a cool thing and someone will offer an excuse for them like oh well you know they're trying and my response is always, 
hey, if you had the capability of taking a shopping cart from a grocery store door to your car, I know for a fact you have a capability to take that shopping cart from your car to the cart corral. And uh, where I where I lose the where I lose the thread of this is when I see the potential of humans being wasted. And I think when we offer too much leeway, when we offer too much grace for the like, well, my best today was I took the shopping cart from the store to my car and then I don't care. I'm driving away. So who cares what happens to that shopping cart? Um, so I want to know how you guys draw that line because I think I draw the line differently and maybe incorrectly. So, so bring me to your line. How do you guys draw the line of like, oh yeah, that person's doing their best. I trust that person. Ladies first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think your feelings are completely valid in that point. Um, and I've definitely been in in I've definitely been in that mind mindset or headspace where I'm just like, okay, come on. Like it's really not that hard. Um and I agree that there's a lot of complacency in this world where people are very a lot of people are very content in doing as little as possible, maybe. Yeah. Um for sure and yeah it's I mean I completely understand the uh, frustration in that something that I've learned through Ayurveda is that with Ayurveda and this and this body of knowledge for healing it's really important that the person asks so that come well wants to come to it and it's it's not in the practice to push it out word and try to um, teach people who don't want to be taught. And it kind of goes into my belief of we're all here. You know, my soul in this body is here to learn something, something specific to what is needed to elevate me forward and into the next life, you know. Um, and there are some lessons that maybe I'll, I won't learn. You know, I'll, I'll keep making this, I'll keep repeating the same pattern and I won't, I won't learn that lesson in this life that I'm supposed to. And that yeah. will carry on to the next life. Um, and now going back into terms of action and people doing their best in this life, I think it's, an, I think messages and lessons come in, in circles and people will eventually either grasp it on maybe the second or the third or the fourth or the. 11th time that they hear something or see something and they're like oh I should return that cart that that is the right thing to do you know or maybe they won't and I think the best thing to do is just lead by example and treat people with just a disgusting amount of kindness um so that they're like oh that person was really nice and or that person made a really good point and maybe I should Maybe I should make some changes. I don't know. That's just just my personal perspective. Was um, was the was the statement a disgusting amount of kindness? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kill them with your kindness. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like yeah. it. 
one of one of our favorite things to do i can if i can speak for you patrick just for a moment is to walk into someone like a like a, a grocery store or a coffee shop and see someone who's having just a really terrible day and 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 immediately trying to be disgustingly kind to them <laughs> and 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 watch and watch their interaction watch their energy watch how their experience of life changes simply by the reflection of someone who just wants to be a nice human yeah. For for no other reason, we're not trying to get anything out of you. There, there's nothing, there's nothing that we're trying to to manipulate you on. You know, it's we're just like, how is your day going? Like, how are you today? And like, they'll be like, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Like, and Patrick, I've seen him numerous times, and I've gotten this from him. I, I can't take credit for this. So he'll ask a follow up question. It's like, no, really, how are you doing? Like, like not 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 this job that you're at. Like, how are you as a person? Like, what's up with you? And he keeps following up. There's a few times I had to turn my back and walk out because I was embarrassed. <laughs> like I was starting to, I, I started to get the sweats. But but there's like but there's so there's such medicine in that. And I've and now the person who's getting sweats is is, is my wife because I I'm doing this all the time. <laughs> it, it places a business that we're out, and she's like, "What are you doing? Leave that poor person alone." And I'm like, "Did you just see how the that frown turned into a smile, love? Like that's that's the magic right there, you know." So. Um, yeah, I really think that's a that's just an interesting point there, and and I would, I, I would I would say this that 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 about doing the best piece, like you you never know what the person who who you see not do quote unquote not doing their best has experienced either before whatever they're doing is not not at their best or in their life like like. And for example, maybe the person who brought the the shopping cart out to their car was like limping and had a really bad leg and they couldn't bring the cart back. Like they didn't have the strength, right? So those, those, there's these there's these things that you can't, oh, there you are. Hi, Mary. <laughs> I just realized my camera wasn't on. <laughs> I'm like looking down at my microphone. All of a sudden I look up, there's this beautiful Mary. What's up? <laughs> Sorry. Um, but but that that would be my only caveat, you know, like and there's there, there's there's some there's some pieces that that are certainly unknown to to the outside perspective and and also and also what you're seeing like what 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 we're seeing another person do is also coming through our filter so we are you know we are in the the quote unquote business of trying to do our best all the time so so some people just don't have that that um that availability for 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 whatever reason and and it's it's that saddens my heart because the world has been so hard on them and it's been so such a difficult experience for them that they don't they don't they they, they say, can't even seem to access that part of themselves yeah i love that perspective brian about you know turn your mind to think about maybe that guy physically could not put the cart back because of some issue um because and it kind of it's it's helpful to you in your own consciousness and your own state of mind to keep yourself elevated and not assume the worst in somebody else sure. and always assume the best in someone else and again that elevated state of energy is going to help from it's gonna seep out into the world and it's going to just naturally help raise everybody else's that's it. energy level that's it Hey, I'm outnumbered two to one, but 
that person just left a $5,000 bomb in the parking lot that is going to destroy someone's property. And I don't give them the excuse whether they had a hurt leg or not. Okay. My my 98-year-old grandmother puts her shopping cart away. God bless her. Yeah, God bless her. We need more grandmas like yours. Well, yeah, we need it. She she is she is gone to be fair, but she did put a shopping cart away when she was around. And I do feel mm-hmm. like but I but I I think there's an interesting thing. I was I was talking about this the other day. It's like there is a change in, in humans as they age, right? And there becomes a point where they're like, hey, I've had I've it's harder for me. And the reality is, the reality is it is harder for people as they age, right? You, there are physical, there are physical limitations that are implied upon us as, as we age. And it's like, if a, if a 98 year old woman is walking into the grocery store and we're like walking on the same path, well, I should get out of the way. Cause it's way easier for me to get out of the way than for her to get out of the way. So there is a reality of like, it's harder for people, but man, leaving leaving a leaving your problem on society that's where my that's where my real problem is is like oh i have a problem well i'll just dump it on society and society will figure that out i i cannot conceptualize a way where that's good yeah there's like littering i just there's no way that i can wrap my head around the idea of someone just dropping their trash yeah you know yes i didn't realize i dropped it but I don't know. I don't even you know guys are say. so much nicer than I am. True. So much nicer than I am. <laughs> Mary, true. All right, true. True confession. I'm gonna throw myself under the bus here for a moment because this is all this is all transparency. But so it's all good. So when I was younger, I used to litter all the time, like, <laughs> like all of the time, like in high school, like even into college. It was it was actually something I did to to feel. Um, like a dangerous person or something like that like to access this to access this side of me that was the bad boy yeah no i'm not (laughs) (laughs) as bad as i get to throw yeah no like so it's and i remember i remember as as i as i started to 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 grow into into the person that i'm still growing into or or wherever wherever that's trending it's that i that i that I would I would notice other people littering and it was and it started to become a frame of 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 reference for me where I was like that was me just a few short years ago you know so what what I end up whenever I see somebody littering littering it's it's um unless I'm driving of course I will make a point to go up and ask them just like what what is the reason for you leaving that like on the ground and, and just that little that little question may or may not change their behavior, but at least it puts a thought in their head, right? So, and, and that's against that's 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 spreading the the high vibrations, those love vibrations, out to the world, in 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 places where sometimes darkness is 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 um is prevalent, and and like w- with anything else, I feel like going that extra step, asking that extra question, putting your shopping cart away, like those little things add up over time. They really do. Yeah, genuine curiosity. That's so nice. Yeah, just like I'm just so curious. I want to get to know you on this level. Yes. Why? Yes. Why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys, are, you guys are just too nice. It's love. It's lovely. <laughs> Come to the gotcha. right side. <laughs> you're nice. You're nice too, brother. You don't give yourself enough credit. Man. <laughs> Yeah, 
it's it's yeah we all have our we all we all have very interesting lines um and it it's what makes us human it is what makes us human exactly. for sure i um I want to ask you, I want to ask you, um, on the, like, so back on that, back on a more macro level, when, when you're thinking about those, the carbon problem, really, um, is there anything, is there anything that you guys, you and your team directly focus on in, in specifically that, that specific problem, the carbon problem on the planet? Is there anything you guys are specifically focused on in the moment? um sourcing as locally as possible first of yeah. all um and something i'd really like to implement this year um i just want to find a good local partner is to plant trees in like uh, synchronicity with our sales that i really really want to do i just feel like why are we cutting down all these trees and growing them just to cut when trees are clearly like, the answer here you know a revitalizing this land <laughs> Turning, like, can we help this soil? So that's something that we're excited to like move forward and doing to the trees and then revitalizing soil. I'd really like to partner with um, Burlington or Hamilton, two neighboring cities, to um, revitalize soil and turn. For example, we have these bike paths behind our homes and um, behind my house. And it's just grass. And it's like, this is so, there's so much space for growing food here. Mm. Why aren't we doing that? Mm. <laughs> Especially in, you know, with people, um, there's a food, food security issue. It's so expensive. Yeah. And the quality of it coming is not very great. Um, so those are two areas that we really want to focus on moving mm. forward. Exciting. Cool. Heck yeah trees <laughs> trees are the absolute jam yeah they are someone's got 70 of them coming to his, to his property sometime soon Ooh, <laughs> yeah yeah new yeah. friends <laughs> yeah. yes we are definitely we are definitely reforesting um and and working on um on the tree subject like man I think that there's a, I think that there's such an, a miss, a misunderstanding of the importance of trees, right? It's like, ah, trees, they're kind of pretty. Sometimes they're messy, but the, the ability to sequester carbon um, and, and not only the sequestering of carbon, but the actual shading of our planet that actually cools things down is so just incredibly important. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're looking at, we have just started to experience a like micro at the micro level. So we have just started to experience on our property, the first, um, invasion of pine beetles and pine beetles mm. are, um, a pretty interesting problem because we've been looking at, we've been looking at where the funding is for pine beetle solutions in the United States. And as far as we can tell, there is pretty close to zero funding going towards prevention 
And mm. a lot of funding going to lumber companies harvesting beetle wood. Wow. And that is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it It is, it, and there is, so, you know, you get pine beetles and you're like, okay, well, let's go to the internet and we'll, we'll find out what the internet says, how to solve this problem. And the, the solution is cut down, cut down the tree. There is no other solution. It is cut down the tree. And I feel pretty comfortable that we're going to have a viable solution in 12 months uh, as to something that we can put forth on a localized test level and get hopefully to the right forestry people. Um, But there does not seem to be much interest. And that is pretty wild when you think about what is going on with our climate and the fact that we're watching entire forests turn brown and no one seems to even care to have a solution. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah. And we've been seeing that here. I've heard of, sorry. You so so it hasn't it hasn't really impacted you guys yet. Is that true? Um, so I just heard of these pine beetles recently with a friend who works on a farm. Um, but we've had a similar issue with a specific moth up here, and it's been just devastating so many trees. Um, and it's funny, like I've heard people who have cottages up in Muskoka, and they're like, oh yeah, like half the trees up there like what's amazing the landscape is completely changed so many trees we lost and then the conversation just ends like <laughs> but what are we doing yeah. <laughs> and like so the trees are dying and eventually these moths or the beetles are going to find new species that they're yes. going to yep. take into their diet Yes. So yeah, preventative. Well, I don't understand why it's not more of a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, like, hey, in the current moment, planting trees is probably the best thing we can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Patrick and I were the having the more this... food, the better. Yeah. Yes. We, we were having this conversation yes. a couple of days ago, and. I turned on the TV and there was, there was a nature show that I always watch, excuse me, it was called the green planet, I think. And they had about a six or seven minute expo, like story on the pine beetles. And it was just only about the damage that it was causing. Again, what we're talking about, there was nothing to do with solution based. There was nothing to do about preventive measures. It was only talking about, you know, how, how scary this, this problem really is and, and how quickly it can sort of expand and grow. Um, so it's, it's very interesting that, that again, that can't be someone's best by not, by by not, by not addressing this, this issue in a little bit deeper level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the the trees that you guys are planting, the trees that you guys are planting, um, are you hoping that it will help with this beetle issue? So everything that we're putting almost everything that we're putting in now is deciduous. Uh, we have a, we have a lack of carbon in our soil problem. So we're always looking for leaf litter. Um, so <laughs> we have some very, like, we're, 
we're go we have a opinion population which we will be which we will be testing this pine beetle solution on and then we're looking to reforest with uh aspen hazelnut uh legume what is that legume who knows Brain, brain is only only able to pull up a couple, but uh, <laughs> we're really looking for things that are going to drop leaves every year, just because we need that we need that to get into the soil. Um, yeah. But the solution that we're coming up with is pretty remarkably simple and incredibly effective, and I mm. just I just can't see it. I just can't see it not working from what we've seen so far. So it is, it is very good. It's just very weird that there isn't a lab somewhere that is like, Hey, this is a good thing. Let's do this. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but yeah, a hundred percent organic way to solve this problem. I, I really truly believe is coming. And even if we have to do it gorilla style, we're, we're going to do it. <laughs> I'm thinking about going up into, and I shouldn't say this pre, but I'm thinking about going up into national forests and just like carving out shapes. And so that when the pine beetle comes through, like the people flying over to do the research have to be like, why is there a rectangle there? Why is there a triangle there? Like what is happening to this just to get attention on the problem, just to be like, mm. no, there is a solution guys. We can solve this problem. Let's solve this problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping that I'm hoping that in a couple of years, well, I'm hoping that this isn't a problem, but if, if we're looking at a pine beetle devastated forest, I want there to be a rectangle in that where it it's such a stunning contrast that people are like, oh, we should pay attention to what happened right here. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah sometimes people need a little bit more attention drawn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> well, what, what, is, what seems to have happened, and I think this is an interesting, this is kind of an interesting way to tie up all of our conversation. What seems to have happened is the lumber industry has recognized that they have the ability to make more money on um, pine beetle damaged wood because it's stained blue inside. So all of these lumber companies are not only making more money, they're getting they're getting money from the government to sure. get the to go out and harvest this wood because that is what the solution is, is to go out and harvest this wood. So they're they're all seeing these profits increase. And I read this propaganda piece or I had this propaganda piece read to me that was very clearly propaganda. I think it was from the National Forest Service, but it was like, we always knew that the pine beetle problem would would come to an end because eventually they would run out of trees. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> this is not a solution. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, this but is I think emergency. it's an interesting mix of like how we can, how we can, in direct opposition to what you're doing, Mary, how, how capitalism can become the problem here, right? Like you're looking at capitalism as the solution. Like, hey, let's find ways to be community oriented to make to make what we do, to make what we purchase matter. Mm. And we can take the exact opposite approach and we can be like, oh, well, we'd really like to have blue stained wood that we can charge five times more. So let's just let the beetles run their course. So just another feather in your hat for what you have created Mm -hmm. and when what you're doing oh, thank you there have been moments where i've toiled with that i'm like oh my gosh like i'm just a retail store i'm just another retail selling more stuff <laughs> and then i have to bring myself back to be like okay no like these are yeah. alternatives to yes. the problem yes <laughs>
with a, with a with a thread of mindfulness and a thread of love, like streaming it all or connecting it all together. Yeah, mm. and all of yeah. the products that we sell, the people behind them are so friggin' amazing, yeah. and that is a huge part of the story too. You know, all of the amazing people who mm. have this passion that we all share are driving this new direction forward in the industry. So we've thanked yeah. you via email, but this is an opportunity to thank you face to face. Thank you for the feature you did on Sacred Plan Company and Patrick and I. We were so honored and geez, quite quite floored by it. Um, oh, absolutely, it's, it was so nice. Yeah, it was so cool. Way. Yeah. Yeah. The whole yeah. the whole interview process and and the, what you came up with and you were like well, that interview was all was all you guys and I was like but you formulated the questions girl you had you had a lot to do with it as well so um, <laughs> that, was, that was such a yeah yeah it was genuinely, such a great yeah I just like genuinely yeah. we genuinely was so excited to get to know you guys um, mm. after we met and like we've chatted on the phone a couple of times I'm just like ah I just like I'm so excited for. Not only to meet you guys, but also to have our community um, meet you guys too through that way and get to know you a little bit better. So thank you for participating. Of course, it just yeah. up levels, you know, up levels your your um, your ability to continue to further spread your values, right? Because when you when you when you work with people of similar mindset and then also showcase them in a way that's fun and friendly and inviting and and not intimidating all those type of things create you know up level that that pale blue dot experience for for you and your customers it's um it's a brilliant idea and and again something we're, we're super grateful to be a part of yay yeah. i hope so i hope that people it's just nice to connect people with each other you know it's like exactly. hey don't forget that you're not alone in this you know feeling that you have to yes. want to better this world yes. and there's a lot of us out there yes. a lot of us yes. yeah dang yeah that right there that right there is the jam right like what what a great message to leave mm. this conversation with is like there are a lot of rad people trying to do really rad things on the planet and <laughs> never forget that you are definitely not alone yes yes yeah Brian, anything anything left in your brain? How could I spoil that a beautiful ending? No way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mary, thank you for everything that you do. Thanks for carving out this time to chat with us. Uh, we'll have links to paleblue.shop.com on the show notes. So go check out what Mary's doing. She's changing the world, mm -hmm. making things rad, and that should be supported. Yes. Hey, thank you so much. I'm not ready for this hangout to be over. Again, we'll do. We'll come back. We'll come back no. in a year, and we'll do the updates on on everything Ooh. everything you've changed. Yes. Okay, I love Heck it. Yeah. Let's see where I am in a year. I have no plan. So maybe even on that horse <laughs> up in Perfect. Ontario, Canada. So yes. <laughs> I I want to say I want to say this before we go. Like everything, I I just. I really, I like, like I told you, I've told you this, Bri like Brian has been given one place that I wanted to do business with and it was the pale blue dot right after you guys reached out to us and I saw what you guys were doing. It was just like, that is such a rad place. And like getting to have this conversation with you, I recognize that like the way you do business and the way, the way that we do business are just so similar. It's just mm -hmm. like, you started out with the idea of Pale Blue Dot is a bunch of things that I like doing, right? And it's like a collection of things that I really care about. And that is just, 
it's it's the way to do everything in my opinion <laughs> yeah. yes. fun yes yeah yes. it's pretty cool it's pretty cool to be able to share it with people yeah and to have people enjoy it so super cool and people should both enjoy it and and appreciate it right because they're the reality is and I, and I know I'm done but the reality is there are not a lot of pale blue dots in the world right like we're not alone but it's also there are very few places that have the the energy and the intention and the desires that that a place like pale blue dot has and that's because of you and it's also the community the community that that is aware of you has to have that has to has to really appreciate it because the, those things are those things make life valuable, and that is rad. Hmm. Heck yeah! Heck yeah! I feel the love <laughs> so much, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so awesome to see this massive um, support out there for small businesses and conscious yeah. businesses and mindful businesses. Mm -hmm. So, heck yeah, everyone! Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. The world. Yes. yes, for sure. Let's save the world. Yes. Thank you so much. Have Thank a you, Mary. beautiful rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You too. Take care. <laughs> Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Bye, Mary. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>